Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right. Thanks for joining us. Merry Netflixmas to everyone out there. That's right. We did the October horror and Halloween movies last week, gave a giant middle finger to Thanksgiving, and now we're jumping right in to Netflix. Christmas movie season. We kicked that off today with two Christmas movie reviews for you. Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, starring Forrest Whitaker, Keegan-Michael Key, and Felicia Rashad, and Operation Christmas Drop, starring Kat Graham and Alexander Ludwig. And of course, we have my favorite people on to break these movies down. Returning from our Christmas movie episodes in the past are Chad Davis of Did I Pod That, comedian Mega Harrison, and comic book writer Travis Holyfield. So stay tuned for that. But first, a word from our friends at Forgotten Entertainment. Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as Season 7 kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about the front page starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA. And then slice into Butler's childhood years, the 90s, with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very, very old. Shut up, Butler. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, welcome back. So excited for you all to hear our breakdown of the Netflix Christmas season so far. But first, I wanted to encourage everyone to check out our guests and their amazing work. Chad Davis, a.k.a. Kid Christmas, as he's known around here, is the host of the Family Matters TV show podcast, Did I Pod That?, which you could subscribe to right now on Apple Podcasts. Mega Harrison is a very funny comedian I've been sharing stages with for quite a while now. She is performing at a holiday fundraiser on December 3rd in West Hartford, Connecticut at the Elbow Room. The proceeds will help cure spinal muscular atrophy. So that's a great cause, so go do that. There will also be a toy drive for kids in need, so be sure to bring a new unwrapped toy as well. So head on out to the Elbow Room on December 3rd and support Mega, because she's awesome. And last, we have my buddy, Travis Holyfield, who is an excellent comic book writer who's created such titles as Street Clothes and Doberman. You can check out those badass books on Comixology, and you can learn more about all of his work by going to TravisMHolyfield.com. 
And of course, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, The Nomcast, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. All right, let's get to it. Here it is, part one of Netflixmas 2020. Give a listen. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, That's so weird to say, but it shouldn't be, uh, considering we've already done one Christmas episode already this year. So this is uh, two of three, uh, because we we have uh, part one today uh, with my usual uh, elves when it comes to this stuff. Kid Christmas, Chad Davis, how are you, sir? Hello. Uh, Mega Harrison, comedian, how are you? Comedian friendo. Howdy. <laughs> and uh, comic book writer Travis Holyfield, the lover of my life. How are you, sir? Oh, hey, baby. <laughs> Happy holidays, friendos. I know. This is exciting. Uh, and and the, uh, the anticipation for this is real, guys. Like uh, the, the episode that I didn't know what it was going to do back in, what did we do that? September uh, is like a, uh, a Christmas preview episode. People seem to love it on my platform which is odd uh, on this thing and then of course now we're gonna do uh, the movie breakdowns themselves that we you know from what we previewed back then so you know uh, it's i think the fever is high for this everybody's catching it if you look at the netflix top 10 right now it's full of christmas stuff it's insane i don't get people I like it barely, you know, it's barely November or whatever. And people are just like, nah, we're good. We ju- we're just going to skip right over to mid-December. Uh, and we're just going to make year, this roll. This year of all possible years, people are like, hey, I need a little bit of that Christmas something, something. Give me that shit now. Inject it directly into my veins. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, and most people, I, I, like myself included, uh, what Thanksgiving? I'm going to be in my house with my regular, it's going to be in just another regular day. No big deal. Yeah. You know, just another the only, day. The only difference is I'm getting takeout from like, you know, Boston Market instead of yeah. from <laughs> Yes. We're single-handedly yeah. keeping the Boston Market yeah, happy Thanksgiving alive. <laughs> but, you know, Hopefully you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving, but we're going to move on right past that. Fuck that holiday now. So we're going to move right on to Christmas. Um, So glad you guys are back for this. We are going to do two movies today. Uh, We're going to do part two, uh, probably in a couple of weeks, uh, to go over Christmas Chronicles 2 and Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. And I think Alien Xmas will also be out the stop motion thing. So we'll have a few more options to do on part two. But today we're going to do Operation Christmas Drop. And we're going to start with Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. And I would like to say, first and foremost, a movie that has not only Journey in the title, Journey as the name of the child protagonist, how do you n- and a movie that you need to believe? How is there not a can't stop, uh, don't stop believing with this little child fronting journey out there on the internet? How is that not a thing, guys? That was because the music is actually better than that and more thoughtful than that. And that's one of the things I liked about this movie. Like, hey, no, I'm not trying to slam journey, but this, this is not like I'm freshly jingle jangled, I should mention. <laughs> I uh, me too, me too. I literally turned off the credits and popped onto this Zoom. So um, the, the, I, I've been, my 
record has been freshly Christmas. And um, there's nothing about this movie that is like kind of, I think that level of cheap or obvious. Um, oh. Although I will say that the fact that I just clocked that the main character's name is Journey and it's a Christmas journey, I didn't even fucking process that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which is completely unnecessary to do that. I, I, I will say first and foremost, because we'll get to all your guys' uh, opinions on this one. I found this one absolutely delightful. This is the best uh, Netflix Christmas film I've seen in a long time. Uh, and I think just a Christmas film in a long time. I can't remember the last one that I like truly liked this much. I mean, Christmas Chronicles is charming in its own way, but like this one is actually like a solid movie. And I, you mentioned it, Travis, like the, the music is on point, like with the soundtrack, because this movie is produced by John Legend. You know, you have mm -hmm. a lot of the people that he likes to bring around, like uh, Philip Lawrence, who's like this writer, producer, who's basically done a lot of Bruno Mars songs. He's won multiple Grammys for him. He won for, uh, or he was nominated for CeeLo Green's Fuck You, a personal favorite of mine, uh, especially, I'm sure it helps during the holidays to have that one in your head. So, you know, we have a lot of pedigree here for the music. And then David E. Talbert, this is uh, a guy who, if you look at his film career, you wouldn't be like, oh, man, yeah, he's totally capable of making an excellent uh, Christmas film. But he has a 30-year, like, amazing theater background career, like writer, director, producer. And then he also has been the writer and director of most of the stuff he's done for film. So he knows what he's doing. Uh, I yeah. didn't expect all this. But man, uh, what an amazing! Tale. I want while you're giving the props out to uh, the choreographer on this was Ashley Wallen, who's also the guy that chore choreographed the Greatest Showman. Yes, I um, saw that. and the work he did here, I thought he really brought some A game. There's a lot of cool Afro jazz, a lot of cool hip hop stuff happening. Yeah, um, with what was kind of tradition, you know, a Christmas traditional thing. Um, and I really dug the work that he brought to the table. Like, like all of this, all of everybody is on A game here. Yeah. absolutely uh just for anyone who maybe hasn't seen the film yet and you're just checking in to see what we think uh the movie is about an imaginary world that comes to life in a holiday tale of an eccentric toy maker his adventurous granddaughter and a magical invention that has the power to change their lives forever um like we said a lot of uh big people in this the cast is completely on point uh forrest whitaker keegan michael key felicia rashad probably in the best thing i've seen felicia rajad do in a long time um oh my god yeah she's incredible considering her 2020 is also filled with a lot of streaming stuff and she's soon to be a voice in soul as well uh she's having a, a big comeback here i mean uh she did a tyler perry's a fall from grace sorry that movie's trash but you know still good for her uh, another netflix film uh black box for amazon prime uh which a lot of people watch just you know, last month with the October horror blitz that people go through soul jingle jangle. And then she's going to be in the third installment of Creed coming up. So good for her uh, kicking in high gear at that point. Yeah. Madeline Mills, I believe is how you pronounce uh, journey's name. Uh, it's her first film. That's wildly impressive that uh, for this little child to kind of carry this film in this way. Uh, I know Chad's boy, Hugh Bonneville uh, yeah. you know, is here from, uh, I know you're a big Paddington. You're on Paddington Island over oh, there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Paddington, those movies are adorable. 
Um, I think there's. I think you could actually see Jingle Jangle as part of the extended Downton Abbey universe. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then Ricky Martin is here as the voice of Don Juan Diego. Uh, so that I found absolutely interesting. I found it fascinating that I did not know he had like an acting career outside of you know his actual music career. So that's interesting too. I didn't know he was in American Crime Story, for instance. Um, Annika Noni Rose, uh, who plays Jessica Jangle, she is actually a Connecticut native, so woohoo from the crowd here. Um, she was the voice of Tiana in Princess and the Frog, and she was also in Dreamgirls, so she's got dem pipes, uh, so oh. that's pretty cool. Uh, and then, like, Justin Cornwell, who played young Geronicus, I thought was really good. He ha doesn't have much. He was in Training Day, the TV show for CBS, uh, and Davina Phillip. Uh, plays Miss Johnson, and she basically doesn't have a lot going on. Like so, a lot of like newbies mixed in with some like mm -hmm. amazing uh, high-level talent. Uh, Mega, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I want to kind of see, especially because this is kind of you know seen through a lot of young girl optimism, and you know, kind of championing a lot of storylines that kind of like you know believing and inventing, and a lot of things that you know are really happening a lot in in female stories right now but obviously this is the christmas version what did you think of the movie oh shit when you frame it that way <laughs> um, i feel like a traitor to my my kind of oh no girls because i am i'm really sorry but i i'm the scrooge of this like i'm oh, no. i'm dressed like the scrooge right now i don't this was an accident in like a night night shirt a sleeping shirt i didn't even know <laughs> wardrobe, but I and what you say even about like the the little girls like believing and then but it, it it's all conflated because it's like everything is science and math but then it's like but also believing and it's like wait mm. is it believing or the science like which is it but that oh man okay I'll get started with I think what would leave me with such a sour taste in my mouth like a not a minty taste is that <laughs> it's a it started out and I was like oh my god this is magical it's everything it's like Harry Potter like uh Willy Wonka uh all this nostalgic realness that's just coming at you and you're like oh my god you like start feeling those Christmassy feelings that yeah. kind of like percolate through but then it fell short for me because it just tried to do it was like now it's Hamilton and it's claymation and now it's like uh you know, short circuit. And it's just like, what <laughs> is this? And what, so that that's also why I, I was interested in the little girl perspective too. I was like, am I too old and jaded? What, what happened to me? <laughs> when did I lose the Christmas spirit? So I asked my sister to have her kids watch it. And my, I will say my six-year-old niece really loved it. She danced, she loved it. She was into it. It's going to inspire her to be a, you know a magical scientist or something right <laughs> I don't know. no and the thing too the whole time this thing of like uh it was so all over the place it was so it could have been like it was going everywhere to me it was so many places that this idea of like um this invention what is it the the buddy 3000 the invention that changes the world or like magical invention that changes everything I was like, what if it's a sucking vibrator? Like that would be a twist. That would change it, and that would change it for me. I think I would be, and I would be into that. Everybody loves those. Come on. <laughs> it's true, especially if it flew. 
then you know you can get it on multiple <laughs> levels maybe it has bluetooth i don't know we're all we're all i think what you just pitched is actually the porn parody of this man. <laughs> wow. that's what you're, if like make the art that you want to see in the world basically what i want to see yeah that's true but the thing too about the flying that it was flying basically you're like oh it's a drone yeah it's like toys we have but they couldn't say drone so they're like right flying hovering and it records us oh how fanciful yeah this is like uh, the precursor to like avengers age of ultron where this becomes weaponized and be yeah. <laughs> starts becoming a killing machine for the actually military. you're describing the robin williams movie toys i think <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, very, was very toys no and then this thirsty mrs johnson woman is that was that her name <laughs> Like, that's also why, yes. like, For Forrest Whitaker was just like, uh, I'm so not into pleasing women. So it's like, just invent the sucking vibrator. That's all that needs to happen. <laughs> why did you think that that would be a thing Forrest Whitaker could invent? That, absolutely. Absolutely he could. <laughs> I believe in him, Travis. I believe in him. Um, <laughs> but here to be the actual stand-in for six-year-old child of wonder. Wait, I wait. Hear Chad's <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> this is what he's here for this is why we do this um so chad I, I would imagine you have quite a different opinion considering when we were talking kind of off air that you said you only had positive things to say this hour so uh i'm going to uh think that i would hope this is a cut above what we're going to talk about later but what do you think of this film uh right from the beginning to the very end i loved the whole movie um, I mean, there was some things that were wrong with the movie. Um, I think the storyline was a little weak. Um, but that beside, the, the whimsical of the whole movie, the, the cheerfulness of the whole movie, the, the fact that it brought a bunch of my movies like, together, because it was like the beautiful mind. Uh, the, the, you know, uh, Wally was in there a little yeah. bit. Uh, the Santa Claus, you know, you have to believe, you know, that sure. spirit, that's what gets things going and stuff. Um, Right from the beginning, too, you see um, a huge opening number, which is usually that opening number is usually like a, an ending number in a musical like right. that. That opening number was so well done uh, with everybody in the town, just like dancing around, enjoying themselves. And um, you really get put into it right at that moment. And uh, the music in it was great. Ricky Martin was great. Miss uh, <laughs> Johnson was my favorite character. Um <laughs> She was, she was so awesome. Her number that I, I've only seen this once. I just, re, I just watched it right before this. So I, I don't, I can't name the, the names of the songs or anything, but she did do a song with another character that was really, I think was the best song in the whole movie. Um, I want to go back and watch it again just so I can see it again. But uh, yeah, just my quick one watch through this whole movie. It was really well done. I didn't really think I was going to like it that much. And um, I actually enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, we really downplayed it when we did the uh, preview episode. Yeah. Mostly because at that point, there was no trailer. There wasn't a lot of, like, info out. It was kind of just going off of who's in it and who's making it. And it was like, well, this could be good. But, you know, musicals, it's really hard to pull off. Uh, this one definitely feels more like a stage musical. Like like you were saying, there's there's Hamilton elements. I know you guys mentioned and some other, you know, kind of aspects of, of musical theater. And considering the background of David Talbert, um, you know, that's not shocking that that's a thing. Um, but I will tell you, uh, what I, I'm kind of like in between the thoughts of, 
uh, Mega and Chad in terms of the beginning because I loved the opening number. I loved all that time period. I thought it started out super strong, but it is a hard, hard turn to go from something so spectacular to then going to the downfall. It's really yeah. hard to make that turn. And it does come back up. It does bring you back into the story. I mean, it needs to do what it did story-wise, but man, is it a hard think, turn that first time you're I, watching? I actually think that's less of the problem than the fact that you come right out of that and into the first Mrs. Johnston number. And regardless <laughs> of how you feel about Ms. Johnston, like she's fun, but I think she's extraneous. Yeah. It's They lose all of the as soon as they go into that first number with her. Um, and it's, it's, I think that is the biggest misstep that they make from a narrative standpoint. Um, the tragedy part of it makes a lot of sense. And the way that they do it through the animation style, uh -huh. I think actually softens a lot of the blows so that you can get through it without, you know, having to necessarily take the emotional toll out of the story. But then as soon as they come out of it, the fact that they go right into like the thirsty neighbor that wants to fuck Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like this. Now I feel like this is two wildly different movies. And that, that beeline of like the super horny, lonely neighbor who's a widower and really just needs to get some. Um, I do agree with mega. There is a level to which if this was about like making vibrators, like probably it, uh, it would be a little bit more pure. No, um, she just, she killed it for me. So, so I don't think it's the story as much as just where they chose to go with their first number back in from it. It's very true. I thought. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with Travis on that one. I, I think the the transition between um, the tragedy and now you get him as an old man. I think there was just too much time in between to jump in, just like that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm and I'm sorry, Mega, to to kind of contradict what you're saying a little bit. Uh, I, I I actually enjoyed the kind of interstitials between these things, between the the kind of puppetry, claymation-ish stuff. And I love the Felicia Rashad parts. Like, I love yeah. that house. I love everything about uh, that book that has all the mechanics to open up, the inventiveness there. I, I actually think if I, if I picked an, uh, a standout for this film, it's the production designers. Because holy shit, holy between, shit yes. between the sets, the, the, the actual Buddy 3000, like, the, the, like I said, the book, the, uh, it's, just, it's, it's the a magical world. Yeah. The costuming. Take a look at the costuming because they do this amazing, th amazing blend of kind of the Dickensian style, but they're using some traditional African patterns and fabrics. Totally. And, the, mm -hmm. and it's brilliant. The costuming on it and, and the thought like when they go and, and this is stuff, by the way, that my wife pointed out to me. I'm in no fucking way smart enough to have come up with this myself. <laughs> but when you go to Forrest Whitaker, when he's playing the old Geronicus, he's wearing the same kind of patterns, but in much cheaper and more tattered fabrics. Mm. And he's got detachable cuffs on his sleeves, mm. which was a like that era for working class people because you couldn't afford to wash multiple shirts. So you keep the sleeves clean just little fucking details like that that are throughout hmm. this that I agree with you. The production design is the A++++ standout throughout this. They, every fucking element of this world has weight and feels real and feels thought 
thoughtful to me. And again, I disagree. I, I'm sorry, Meg, I also disagree with you on the interstitials. They, they're thematically tied through. They have the same aesthetic as, as the whole thing. I think it's brilliantly realized and a very, and a very unique like, world. If, yeah. if we, because the thing we're not telling people is that this is basically hip hop, steampunk, um, Dickensian Christmas flick. Like that's a fucking insane aesthetic to put together. And I think they, they landed it. I'm sorry, you were saying. But it, so here's the problem I, or not problem, okay. Here's the reason you guys love all that. It's all just nostalgia. It's all just drawing from things that you already like. And it's, it's like a, a, in one movie, which it, too many ideas, but it works for you because it's feeding you exactly this nostalgia that we all just crave and love for everything. So it's I think an Afrocentric, I think an Afrocentric steampunk Christmas movie is not a familiar aesthetic. In fact, I think it's <laughs> aspirational. I think it's like Christmas Wakanda is what we're seeing here. And I don't think it's something that such as nostalgia for us. Oh, you just don't know. You're just, oh, you're just sheeple. <laughs> I guess so, this is the number two flick on Netflix today. So clearly we are not the only people who are having this, whatever the nostalgia thread is threaded through. And I just also want to say about the, I actually disagree with you also, Mega. I, I love you to death, but I disagree with you. Um, being married to a woman of color who watched this with me, um, she was really taken with the, um, the threading of the STEM sort of coarse material with the magic and the fact that like, yes, if you, if you have this science knowledge, you can make magic happen. The fact that it's aspirational to, to young women of color, like I would love to see a ton of like young women enter science from this. And I know you are a scientist, so I know you are very cynical about this to me, but for me, I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think that's great. No, but let's let's talk about the science. Okay, so there's a scene. It's not real science. I know that. Yeah, I know it's not it's real not science. Real. <laughs> no, you're missing. Okay, here's the thing. I watched this with a man. So we all watched this with people, maybe that have their opinions matter too. I watched this with a man. Not we a science. Get it, you have a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Very dumb man. Uh, <laughs> he's alive. Um, but he was also. So there's a scene where. Uh, Journey and the little boy had to escape from the factory, stealing the the Wally thing. And <laughs> hey, short circuit thing, all right? <laughs> yeah, the short circuit Wally baby. So they're they're the drone. So they're trying to escape, and then um, they're like, okay, we gotta just force Whitaker's like, I gotta just calculate it because you can get through the blades. It's very much like, okay, this is Willy Wonka again, like uh, too many fizzy lifting drinks scene. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they have to escape. And he's like, okay, I'll just calculate it. And then they're like, okay, hurry up. And then he calculates it and he's like, this is the angle. They have no control over where this thing goes through this tube. No. So I'm still terrified. There, there's fire behind them. It is, okay, it was great, but it's like, it left me frustrated at Forrest Whitaker. Like, can you chill out with the math right now? And just- <laughs> So because you're worried. For math, we're believing. So mega, mega, all, all you got to do is believe. Your okay, worry is that children <laughs> are going to, your children are going to create death bobsleds through like fire and, and, and spades because Forrest Whitaker did math. Your, your worry is that this is going to cause a lot of like copycat injuries amongst the youth. 
No, it's I didn't consider the youth. <laughs> yeah, Mega doesn't give a rat's ass of it. Yeah, he's like, I don't fucking care about children. No, I really listen. I get it. It's it's it's, it's if it's trying to teach science, it's not teaching science. What I no. think it's trying to do, it's not trying to show science. It's just trying to show the idea that these things can be magical, that there's magic in it. And I know when I was a kid and being presented with math and science as somebody who wasn't good at it. It was fucking alien to me. And if somebody had presented in a way of like, okay, well, you like fantastical shit. So these are like the keys. And if you understand the secret language, you can do magic. Because now I can fucking do math because I'm an adult who figured it out on his own. But I'm just saying this for me as a kid would have been aspirational and helpful. So I think so too. I, 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 yeah, the, the math is BS. And I, I will say to, to help Meg out uh, enough, I thought that scene was one of the worst scenes in the film. Agreed. That scene was preposterous. <laughs> yeah, that scene is absolutely weird. It's only cool because Buddy 3000 kicks in. And I would say it was an important scene, though. I mean. Well, and the other thing we have to factor in is, is it's not just the math escaping death of it all. It's the fact that they are escaping an arson of their own causing. Like, <laughs> yes. Those kids burned a fucking building to the ground. Really consequence free yeah uh, if, if anyone was like because i was i was watching with my wife and i'm like why do they even like the if, if the options are hey the the security guards and by the way the toy factory has security guards and a giant death machine the security guards are going to catch us or we're going to be chopped to death in the big fan go to juvie kid like fuck <laughs> you know <laughs> So I'm like, why are they running? And I'm like, oh, the giant fireball of death that their own actions caused. My bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that seems that scene was a little out there. Uh, that's my my one big complaint about this is I think that it is diabolically too long. I do not think this movie two needs hours. To be two I was hours. Like, uh, I yeah. definitely think you could trim. There's some really healthy trims you could make that would not impact the story at all, and in fact would tighten things up and make it a lot, a lot peppier and i'm not even talking the musical numbers are not even the 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 flaw for me with the, the exception of that first miss johnson number the snowball fight uh no it is oh that was awesome it's it's like fine that. it's unnecessary <laughs> to the movie though. oh come on it shows up saying, it with snowball fights dude if you're trying like to get it to an hour 45 fight. or whatever i like the snowball fight because it, it was kind of funny to me that it proved that kids like toys even it, kids like just a snowball and then you're like, no, we got to make some little tiny man. But it's like, no, kids are, can't you just, you know, strip it back. Kids and have kids enjoy nature. And that's what the snowball fight, even though it was also math, like ridiculous. And like yeah. silly. it was, and also I will say, I liked the math, the golden mathing into the air. Mm, I yeah. That I love Chad's beautiful mind. <laughs> I know, now I get the beautiful mind thing. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm clicking with it. So that snowball scene was also a scene where it showed uh, Geronicus uh, changing a little bit. He went from this grumpy old man to getting hit by a snowball, and you're thinking he's going to overreact to this and, like, you know, yell at her or whatever. But it ends up he's, he's this cheerful old guy now. Right. And kind of his like, character arc. But yeah. I think there's organic ways to do that within the, no. the construct nope. of the granddaughter They did it perfectly. There's not a lot of organic in this film, though. No, That's the one thing. true. The film is over earnest in a way that these sorts of movies kind of are by default. And, you know, it's 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 hard to look at this with a cynical eye. I don't think they could have subtly gotten some of these points in that they wanted to. 
Right. Like it, every, it's very... every point they make, there's no te- there's no subtext to this is what I'm saying. It's all on the page. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a musical. So it's very hard to make transitions from some of these wild numbers or some of the the messaging that they're trying to go through that is within the songs or any of these things. There's a lot of parts where you kind of have to just go with it a little bit. Yeah. But again, it's so delightful and the performances are very good that it's kind of you know, it's forgivable. Let's put it that way. And even for the the whole uh, two hour thing, I was mm-hmm. so daunted by that to start, but I think it bothered me less as it was going on. But there are definitely parts where you could just be like, that could have gone, that could have gone, that could have gone. And then we're talking yeah. an hour and 45, hour 40, and it's way more streamlined because the story could be streamlined. It's basically, you know, if, if anything we should learn from this, um, fuck apprentices apprentices they're always they're never gonna work out they're always bad news they never you know especially if they're not within the family they're always just jealous of the family this is every story as long yeah yeah, that goes on giving you a real strong fucking urkel vibe don't hire him to work in your shop it's gonna (laughs) be fucking he literally yeah, he doesn't do much, and he's the cause of the fire, and he wasn't much help during that whole escape thing, which, by the way, uh, also with the production design stuff and the set design. So so basically, uh, Gustafson's factory is basically Oz, right? Because all, it's all emerald. It's all emerald, and and the, the kind of the guards kind of feel a little bit like the the guards in Oz too that kind of look uh that it has to it and then the the escape kind of feels the same I don't know I've I had a lot of Oz vibes I don't know if it's just anything emerald just makes me do that but it's no no I I I mentioned to my wife when we were watching it I was like uh Keegan Michael Key 100 p 100 p dressed like the mayor of Munchkinville right now um, yes like, right but no and, and it's it, chad made the same point like there's a lot and, and you know what this does tie to what mega is saying about the the nostalgia of it there's a lot of connection here like there's a little bit of goonies there's a little bit of short circuit there's a little bit of uh batteries not included there's some et yeah. in there there's some like they throw like there's little nuggets of all of these things um i think it mixes to make a a, a nice goulash personally but I, I get what you're you know i get i get where that might be a little bit daunting can we talk about the Don Juan um, doll sure. and the idea that they were going to mass produce him? So if that had worked perfectly, a million children would have had this like vicious, homicidal, like little Satan doll. Like, I am your friend. Kill your mom. It would be like if every Teddy Ruxman in America was like, if every time Teddy Ruxman was like, I love you. I'm your best friend. Right. Do crimes and smoke crack. <laughs> like that was a yeah, like it's probably a good thing that Gustafson got in there when he did, because there's yeah. an alternate universe where this is like small soldiers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like or, yeah. or like the beginning of Terminator. You would it's hope that the reprogramming. Yes, for sure. God. A lot and of why would they sell such a sexy little doll to all the kids oh. either? Like let alone not. It's evilness is something you have to know. You have to like get to know the doll, but it's sexy immediately. It's obvious. <laughs> Am I torn up to watch Christmas movies? What is wrong? I'm sorry. Is, um, <laughs> is Matador really a thing? A lot of kids are looking for if they're like, "Mommy, mommy, I want to be the Matador." Like that's not a thing, is it? Tra- Travis, if anything, Madonna has taught us is that Matadors are special oh, and sexy. Yes. 
and you yes. should just grip onto that and go with it okay <laughs> because it's still a thing apparently and even in this you know family film family musical we're gonna just bow down to the matador by the way you should just grip on that thing and go with it is title of your sex tape <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> if it's with madonna even at this age i'm with it so uh All right, brother. if we want to talk about what we're burying the lead on how uh, the best thing about this whole thing is buddy 3000 because to me like i literally watched last night i watched uh the new mandalorian episode and this thing and i was just like yo you want to talk about nostalgia factor we got baby yoda and baby johnny five in the same fucking night this is a killer ass night i don't care crossover they are... where they crossover where they form a detective agency how Please. fucking badass would that be? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm 100%. Just more adventures. Like, fucking call me. Right? I'll write that shit. Now I just want to see more like, because, okay, so Star Wars especially was like the worst when it was like episode one. You're like, hey, look, it's tiny Darth Vader and no one gave a shit. Now we just need to know what tiny versions work. And now we're seeing like the highlight reel of it now. And now I kind of just like the wheels are spinning to kind of see like what other tinier versions of adorable things from like the 80s do i want to come back now and so i think i, I we can do a whole episode on that if i get like a list Transformers together baby. oh that's already i mean oh my god oh, yeah here we go here we go ready gi joe babies it's like two rivals <laughs> two rival daycares two fucking rival daycares yeah. like fucking war with each other like the covert okay yeah I again i i I'm made of I'm made of ideas. Hollywood, send me some money. I have an sure. idea. I have an idea. It's uh, Muppet Baby Babies. <laughs> They're just fetuses. They're just inside like, the women. Oh, no, no, yeah, it's just exactly. a pile of socks. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, they recently, by the way, they brought back Muppet Babies, so they know that this works. This is a yeah. thing. <laughs> it's totally a good thing. Um, but man, I, I thought, I thought the look of this thing was so cool. And, you know, once it got rock and roll and went flying around to everything, it, it was, it was awesome. It, like yeah. I said, this movie is just delightful. Buddy 3000 did nothing for me. Like I, I, Buddy 3000 was totally charmless for me. I did not know. Oh, oh man. He was so charmless. Like everything. No, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I think it was because, you know what it was? You two fuckers spoiled it for me because I hadn't gotten to that point yet. And then, and then you're like, oh, you mean when, when Johnny Five and Wally had a baby? So the fucking minute it shows up, I just went, wow. That's what his fucking head looks like. Plus an ET tummy. So yeah, I think I think I would have been a lot more charmed if you two assholes hadn't ruined it for me before I got there. First well, of all, sorry that for ruining that. Not that you're wrong. Here's the thing. Like you're just saying shit that's true, but it, it does. Can uh, you clarify to the listener which two assholes? Because I would like to be not no, here, I'll, I, I'll, no, I would Travis, never include no, you in no. the asshole group, Mega. You are, you are, uh, you no. are a whole different type of something. No, because I want to clarify for everybody. It is one asshole. His name is Chad Davis, because all I said in return was, you're not wrong, but save it for the pod. That's literally all I said. And I saved it for the pod. Yeah, <laughs> that actually made me laugh more was Andrew's like me and Chad starting to get into it. Andrew's hurried and panicked. Save it for the pod. Yeah. <laughs> that was the part that really got me. Yeah. No, Mega, you're like, you're very quiet in those chats. Like all you'll do is wait for like 12 snowman emojis and then fucking drop one Christmas tree. Like, fuck no. <laughs> like 
And, and, and the thing is, like, I look at that one Christmas tree and I think for a long time, I'm like, <laughs> I'm genuinely tortured by what you're trying to tell us. With that <laughs> no, Christmas tree. I'm like, is this supposed to go up my ass? Is it like a hat? Are you waving? I don't know what's up with this. I'm inscrutable with my silences. No, it's mostly, it's just like, I do a thumbs up or like a heart here and there. Nobody likes to read too much. It's fair. I, I love reading and writing, so... <laughs> Yeah. More STEM, less reading. All right. That's what we learned about this. <laughs> like I said, I think so Again, overall outside of science. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so basically outside of Scrooge mega over here, uh, I think it's <laughs> the consensus is that this is a, a thumbs up, like a, an adorable film for people to enjoy. I, like I said, I mean, uh, you know, not to put the last word on this, but I am. Uh, but uh, well, I, I wanted to add. I wanted to add two things. Oh, please. Okay. Here we two interest. Two interesting facts. Um, if you if uh, the what is his name? Uh, Gaston. Uh, what Gaston? Gustav, what is, Gustav, that, there you go. Gustav. Um, his factory is an actual factory overseas yeah. somewhere. You can look I it up that. on YouTube. Yeah, you can go on YouTube and look at this actual factory. It's awesome to watch. Like they do a whole tour of it and everything. Oh, and okay. You, that's you know saying. Like that place. That place is like a legit. His factory floor is like a legit real place. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's called. Um, I'll, I'll give it for the listeners. Uh, if you go to YouTube and you type in the biggest operating rotative beam steam engine at Crossness, it'll yeah. come up and. It's we'll awesome. Go to IMDb trivia word. Yeah, I was about to say. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And then this just popped up on IMDb trivia, uh, which I thought is interesting. I want to actually go back and check it out because I think it's kind of like a. Um, it says on Geronicus's uh, trunk inside Jangles and things, you can see the sticker from Rakanda, the fictitious oh, right? country in the Marvel's Black Panther. So I'm kind of wondering if he kind of did it at the last second to kind of give ode to you know, the passing. Pretty of Black awesome. Panther. Yeah, I That's didn't notice that, so I, I would go back and check that out. Yeah, I didn't, it's I didn't something that. that I would probably never notice until I watch the stupid thing ten times. But uh, which you will, you one hundred percent will. I'm gonna watch <laughs> it after I'm done with this. So <laughs> I love you, dude. I love you so much, buddy. The spirit uh, is strong with you, sir. This is this is my holiday. This is my Christmas time. The Greatest Showman because I watch The Greatest Showman probably five times a year, probably. Oh wow! So for Christmas, Christmas time. This is going to be my new musical. So, all right. So that so you well same choreographer as it turns yes. out. Yeah. So. You can definitely you can definitely see it in the in the scenes and stuff. So, yeah, I definitely think this is going to do very well. Like Travis said, it's it's number two, but it's number two to a miniseries. So technically, it's the number one movie right movie, now yeah. as far as Netflix is concerned. And the next film we're going to talk about. Also did quite well, uh, but recently got bumped off by all the other uh, Christmas things starting to come through here, uh, is Operation Christmas Drop, which was the first uh, of these Netflix... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of these uh the netflix original christmas films to kind of come out this year it came out on november 5th um it stars cat graham who now i know everything about cat graham now i felt like i did this huge download on her yep. uh, i felt kind of bad that we didn't really know a lot about her when we did the previous stuff i think i didn't have a lot of information now oh my god it's completely understandable why she is uh you know, at least in spirit, the the lead of this film, because uh, she obviously she's known for things like the Vampire Diaries or even uh, the other Netflix 
uh, Christmas film that she's in, The Holiday Calendar, which looks awful. I don't know if Chad's seen that one. Have you? I have. Is it as awful as it it? looks? I know you're not going to say that. but It was terrible, but I loved it. <laughs> that's that honestly is the the most scathing Aww. review you'll ever get from Chad. Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> that was, true. That was a flame from Chad right there. Like yeah. you fucking ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, holiday calendar. Yeah. And by the way, she's also in a movie that I'll, I'm going to get more acquainted with her apparently because uh, she's in the new RZA movie, uh, Cutthroat City, that I desperately want to see. So uh, right. she's she's the female lead in that. So she's got a lot going on. She's now the voice of April O'Neil in the new Ninja Turtles stuff, which Netflix is doing oh, cool. a film in 2021. But outside of film stuff, she also Dude, she, ha- had like oh, five. No, 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 I wanna, sing- can I say one thing? One sure. thing? One thing. She was Jada. She played Jada Pinkins in um, All Eyes on Me. Yeah, absolutely. The Tupac biopic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it, she, but she's also a dance pop singer who has like five charted hits. Like, the, you know, she did work with Prince and Babyface. Like, so that's amazing. And then she uh, is also a human rights advocate, which is where I was going with uh, this particular story. She did a, uh, she created an Emmy nominated PSA for Black Lives, Black Lives Matter. Uh, she's a goodwill ambassador for Rotary International. She's a high-profile supporter of the United Nations Commission on Refugees. She's a council member for GLAAD. It's like insane. Her father or her grandfather was a UN ambassador for 40 years. Like this, she is steeped in human rights uh, stuff all over the world uh, for a long time, her whole family. So I found that to be quite impressive considering the story and angle of this film. Uh Andrew's next podcast, the Cat Graham podcast. I know, apparently. Uh, well, I don't think you prep for hold, it. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, that's the good stuff on paper. All right. <laughs> we'll get to the movie. In a so uh, just put that podcast on hold. But Andrew's research revealed that she's actually strangles hobos to assist gratification. So let's just back off on how nice a person yeah. she is, okay? Yeah. Honestly, not eternal. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> not a deal breaker for you. Yeah. But it, like I said, it makes sense for this movie because this movie uh, highlights this true story of the, this initiative that the Air Force does uh, with actually dropping medical supplies and other various supply stuff during the holidays uh, to all these areas around this Guam base that they have, uh, you know, that the U.S. has. And it's a really nice program. It's been going on for since I think 1952. Uh, so, and it's in conjunction with two other uh, militaries with Japanese and Australian. So, at least it's like a good thing. Whether the story they concoct around it is something, at least at the end of the day, you could be like, oh, well, it's nice. I know this thing exists. So if you're looking for something that's both a Christmas film and propaganda, yes. this is really the one-stop shop. Yeah, this but, at least, really the place to go. but at least it's propaganda for a humanitarian mission. <laughs> well, I have a quick a question about the program. Do the people know that they're going to be dropping stuff on them? Or is it just a fucking surprise? I don't I know. They don't I'm asking this question because I couldn't quite. Are you asking, do they know it's Christmas time at all? <laughs> I'm so mad at you for making that joke, but it's so good. <laughs> Listen, don't shit on the good part of this whole I'm thing. Where people not. Like I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, it's a little, I mean, you have to admit that it's a little preposterous to, that it's like, 
They didn't They're all preposterous. That's why we're here, Travis. <laughs> they didn't try very hard, guys. I wanted to be nice to this movie. Uh, full disclosure, I turned this movie off after 28 minutes, and I feel like I pretty much can still talk in an intelligent way about it. So. Yeah, it's not too far off. So uh, yeah. so the story for, again, anybody who hasn't seen it, they're looking for our thoughts. Uh, it's about congressional aide Erica, uh, who is Cat Graham, for, where she foregoes her family Christmas to travel at her boss's behest, uh, which her boss... Uh, why is Virginia Madsen here? You you were an Oscar nominated. I feel so bad. Um, <laughs> but at a beach, so at a beachside Air Force base, she clashes with Captain Andrew Jantz, who knows her assignment is finding reasons to defund the facility. So yeah, uh, like you said, we're we're really grasping at straws trying to to make this uh, a story. Uh, to just just bring us to this base and to highlight this program because one of the one of the first things I wrote down was like um, our military budget's like enormous. You're talking you need to close a base on tiny Guam is going to make the difference between you know our budget. We only like military. Budget. We only like to pay for military programs that actually drop things that explode on people. Yeah, exactly. Like, or create the things that explode. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, it was wild. I was just like, why is this happening? And the reason is um, because this is basically a Lifetime movie on Netflix. Because, uh, and, and for good reason, the director, Martin Wood, uh, is from the Hallmark Channel uh, films, a lot of them, like Christmas in the Air. Uh, and, and if you want his non-Christmas resume, it's a lot of TV, basically sci-fi. He does uh, Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis and Sanctuary also on sci-fi. So, um, okay. Um, <laughs> not really something that I'm going to be like, hey, he's going to bring a lot of style. But it's, again, TV movie quality, which they brought to a, basically a TV movie. Uh, and it's also written by Greg Rosen and Brian Sawyer, uh, who they wrote an insane amount of Hallmark Christmas movies together, including Christmas at Graceland, Christmas in Rome, and Sweet Mountain Christmas, which we know everybody's seen, oh, right, just probably chat. So, so much... <laughs> At least they picked the right people to do a Christmas TV movie if you're trying to go for that angle. But yeah, uh, not much else here. Uh, like I said, the Alexander Ludwig, uh, who's from Vikings and uh, Bad Boys for Life and The Hunger Games, he plays the, the guy who's kind of like running the show here. And yeah, uh, like I don't understand his appeal. Uh, Mega, I don't know, you know, or anybody else who wants to chime in on that, but uh, I don't, I didn't find him. freaks me out. Yeah, he's got a weird look a little bit. Yeah, his chin freaks me the fuck out. Is he an attractive person? Huh. So there's something, there was something charming about him, but he reminded me of a guy that I really hated when I first met him because he was really arrogant and like cocky. Right. Um, But then that guy uh, used his arrogance to get me a pizza and uh, he shared pizza. And so then I liked, I don't know, I liked it. So that guy, <laughs> so they're not, that's the kind of guy that I immediately hate because I think they're going to be a jerk. But then if they turn out to do anything nice and this guy's entire life is built on like being the nice guy that, that looks like a cocky jerk, it works. That's good. I don't know. It's hot. Yeah. Well, apparently uh, people were drawn to this enough because like we were saying how these things work at the time I was watching it, it was number four on the Netflix top 10 uh, as far as like the success it was having right at the moment. So, you know, a lot of people watch this film. 
Um, it's got all the, the hallmarks you need for a lifetime, you know, kind of like a lifetime hallmarky kind of Christmas uh, story. You got a dead mom right away. Totally need a dead mom in there if you're going to do it. Uh, all the rom-com stuff uh, where they set up where it's like, oh, they hate each other, but I think they secretly like each other. Like that kind of thing going on. Um, I don't understand why he would like her, though. She is so nakedly vicious to him from the jump not just him what's that not just him like i'm I'm just saying like she might as she jumps off that airplane she might as well have a a t-shirt on when she's on the beach in that first scene that just says i am here to fuck up people's lives because she's so goddamn mean here's the thing i like that so she doesn't stay mean for that long it's like really a quick turnaround and then then i I failed Oh yeah, yeah. She doesn't. Stay oh there. yeah, you bailed. <laughs> she she turns around so quickly, and then you kind of realize the reason she's so uptight and mean like this is because of Washington, and that's gosh darn it. Yeah, you should you should finish it, Travis. Yeah, no, no, no you're good. You're good, Travis. <laughs> Travis, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Like there was a certain point where I told Andrew, I was like, I'll just review the kinds of weed that I smoked to get me through this. And then I hit that 25, 30 minute mark in that movie, and I was like, No, there's not enough. There's there aren't enough drugs. This is not worth it to me. Why? Like <laughs> well, I, I, I am. I looked up the Wikipedia uh, description because usually, if like I want to know what's up, but I can't finish it, I'll just you know try to try to read about it and uh wikipedia can't even generate a decent description for it it's like <laughs> okay. eventually they turn around and fall in love exactly and that's my point it's just yeah. all right if you want a movie where there are no stakes and nothing happens and it's christmas themed this is the film for you no here's my biggest problem with the whole thing and it happens quite early so travis you could probably chime in here because <laughs> and it would probably be the main reason why you're like, I need to get the fuck out of here is so the movie sets up where they're showing Andrew on the base and they're, you know, he's the mayor of that little area. Like he, everybody seems to love him. Everybody seems to get along with him. He's in a meeting with his superior officer where they're like, you're Mr. Charm. So when this woman comes in, you use that charm to help us out. And, and, and then, and then immediately, once she lands, um, he starts being an evasive dick. And she uh, is also going from being like, I'm just here for research to being an, an obnoxious person who's all business all the time to the point that they uh, get to a dinner later in the film where she's uh, having dinner with that said superior officer and his wife who is also a commanding officer on on the base and literally all she talks about is like yeah i'm looking to shut like we're looking to shut you down like all just stays on point on business doesn't do any kind of smooth transitions it's all about just i'm eventually going to have to submit a report that you go you need to go out of here her reaction to him not mentally anticipating her being two hours early yeah. is so disproportionately violent and angry that I have to wonder, like, has she killed before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, speaking of that, so uh, I forgot, was it, uh, I might have been Travis, but I know you guys were kind of giving, like, alternative 
uh, timeline stuff to the last movie we were watching. There was one, there was a point in this where I was hoping that just to spice the movie up, that they would uncover that the Christmas drop is really just like arms dealing and like, or like drug running. <laughs> And I was just like, come on, please give me a bone. Like an America type plot. I love it. I was disappointed that it wasn't a sequel to uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. Yeah. Because that is literally yeah. what I thought it was going to be at first. I was like, they waited all this time and then they made a Christmas themed sequel. What's the elephant going to wear a hat? And you know what? There are no fucking elephants in this movie, Andrew. That's true. And it would have helped your drug. This is a movie that could have used an elephant. Yeah. It was an elephant at the end. You just didn't watch it. Oh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it goes really heavy. <laughs> I'll you once, Chad. If I get in there, it's just a fat guy. I'm going to be real fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh, Chad, uh, just for, for, for the help of this story, what did you like about it? Because you were saying that you didn't have unkind words to say. So before I berate everything, including, by the way, uh, a dance number that needs to be talked about and a snorkeling montage song that when you listen to the lyrics, you're going to want to die. So go ahead, Chad. Well, do you just want the good things that I liked about the yes, movie? Yes, of or course. The- well, sure. Or your honest take. What, what you got? Oh, like morning time. I was going to say, I don't have that much good things to say about this movie. It, this movie was bad. It was really bad. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yes, it was. It, yes, it was really bad. I liked. So I liked the the uh, what they were trying to put out there as the true story. I liked that the fact that they they're trying to put that out there and try to see that this is something that's going on right now that is good. Um, I like that aspect, but I think this it, it would have been better done in more of a a more of a serious movie, like a serious, serious movie where this was a serious movie. Cause there was no laughs in this movie at all. Uh, no, it was not it had funny no at charm all. at all. No, no charm at all. Um, like, so the, the only thing I liked about this movie was, was it put this operation, uh, Christmas drop thing out to the public. And now we know about it and more, maybe people will go and research. I researched it a little bit. I think there's some cool aspects that they had in this movie, like that old man that's been there for 40 years He's actually a man that's been there for 40 years. Yeah, Brother uh, Bruce, it, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's cool to bring up that kind of stuff. I don't think they did it in a good way. Um, this, the the over-the-top characters were horrible. Uh, right, from the, right from the beginning, Alexander Ludwig's character, uh, Andrew, is terrible. Um, yeah. He's an over-the-top, like, he reminded me of a, have you ever seen the movie The, the Girl Next Door? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how the, the, the guy that the foot long, like he had like the, the he was the, uh, the part of the Blue Angels or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was like an over the top character. In that, but it was funny because it was in a comedy movie. Sure. This was not a comedy movie. It, it, he was just it, so it tries to be. Yeah. It was like an over the top Top Gun character that was ridiculous right off the bat. And then she was ridiculous, the main character. Uh, over the top like news reporter kind of girl that wanted to get in there because she didn't want to lose her job and i uh, then what's her name um you said her name veronica was it veronica or virginia madsen yeah virginia madsen came in she's like this over the top like politician girl that she has to learn like where her roots came from when she first became a politician <laughs> and uh, this movie was absolutely ridiculous yeah, I want to hear what Travis is doing. Travis's face did the same thing that I did, so I'm curious. Politician woman, thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. sorry. But yes, yeah. everything was ridiculous about this movie. It was not good. Um, I will never watch it again. 
But I did enjoy watching it. Yeah, Politician <laughs> Girl does sound like yeah, a failed Marvel character from the 70s. Yeah, Politician Girl, yeah. yeah. Hey, you could reboot her now. Yeah. The, the biggest sin in this movie to me is that, according to the trivia, this is one of the very few films that is actually allowed to be shot in Guam. Yeah. Aww. And it uh-huh. looks like fucking shit. Like that scene, that first scene where the two of them are on the beach together, it looks like a fucking green screen to me. It, uh, it looks like a bad special effect and they're shooting in actual goddamn Guam. Yeah. It looks like crap. And that's the most unforgivable fucking sin to me about yeah. this. The plot, yeah, is the plot is insipid. The story is thin. The acting is like summer, like summer stock at best, but it, you could have at least made it look fucking good. It would have been so easy to just point the camera at the place that you actually fucking were. For and sure. they didn't even manage to stick the landing on that. That's the thing that bothered me the most about it. Yeah, I've seen better. What about the geckos? <laughs> the only thing that's not like real in the whole movie. We need to talk about the geckos. They were so Fucking ridiculous. CGI geckos. My God. Cartoon geckos. <laughs> they had so oh. much personality, though. So. Yeah. They had more personality than the cast. Yeah, they're amazing. But Trav, I totally agree. Like I was like, I've seen better cinematography and like travel porn stuff in like an episode of Royal Pains on USA than I did watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so I don't like, I don't get the appeal. There are very special episodes of Blossom that are shot more lovingly <laughs> and with more care than this film. Um, and that's just that's just, again like I mean it's like to your point, it's a lifetime writer or whatever. Like there's a certain level where these sorts of movies are crapped out. But just yeah. to me that's Hallmark, fucking, even lower, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying like this is this is I wasn't expecting a lot out of it, and it managed to somehow miss my my expectations. Yeah, like it somehow I'll, managed to well, disappoint your 28 minutes of expectations. Because the the only reason why I bring that up is Travis, you missed two of the most ridiculous things in the whole movie uh, after that point. So I want to clue you in on some of that. So well, the, the dance scene does intrigue me. I could see myself fast forwarding just to see whatever the fuck this is. Yeah. So there's two things. I'll start with the so, bef- <laughs> right? I think it's the last day she's on the base before. Uh, they go to the party or whatever later is there's this they go snorkeling and if you want the travel porn aspect that one's decent you get to see some cool stuff underwater fine but then the music that plays over it is a song called christmas in the sand which has a line that says and i wrote this down because i was like what um i wasn't paying attention to the you know i was paying attention to like the cool fish and the underwater you know creatures and stuff and then all of a sudden it starts going i saw santa in his bathing yep. suit and yes. i was like what what the <laughs> fuck is happening it's awesome it is so dumb i wish i could like print out the like have the lyrics print it out and just go off on them but my god it was so bad and i thought that was boy- going through her notes she might very well have the lyrics <laughs> she wrote it i'm sorry mega if i have any yeah, that's my original song. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the other part is literally there's a sub very small subplot in the party itself where Erica says that she doesn't know how to dance and they convince her to dance to you know how this goes and Travis, I'm not kidding, it was Elaine Bennis yeah. Seinfeld weird herky-jerky dance moves that was 
awful. Like because she's a politician. Yeah, because she's, so she's a career touch. lady. She doesn't have time to learn how to dance like a person. She's too busy <laughs> with her career and her running around and her yeah. Christmas shopping for the congresswoman. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So the dancing was crazy. But I do know I was watching it, and every time you see crazy dancing on movies, when people are like, "I can't dance," and it's like, yeah. Of course you can and then it's like over the top and insane but then i thought about i do know people who can't dance and they they dance it's like you could just move a little less and it'd be like less yeah fine but like people who can't dance genuinely they do way too much it's crazy so Mm. to me that that rang true i know people i know those people (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah. To understand this and to understand the dynamics and also it's just like this like a uh, dynamic of like this congressional assistant, like I'm from Washington, I'm better than you attitude. Right. I looked up there, like how much they get paid a year. <laughs> you know, they, it's like all public and it's, we know people, they don't make a lot. The average for a congressional assistant is $40,819 a year. And for an Air Force commander, so what is this, Andrew? Yes. $127,030 a year. Oh my God. And she comes in like, <laughs> and they're all like, sure, sure, Brad. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're gonna, like, she submits her report that's like in a, in a manila folder that's one page. And she's, she's like, here, Virginia Manson, I did this report. Oh yeah. my God. She's seriously, to me, she's all snooty and all talk. And then as soon as she makes some, like, she starts, like, softening up. She starts acting like a little child. She's like, I made wreaths out of palm fronds. I just gave these kids my whole purse, even my passport. Oh, no. I don't know. I'm just going to. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. There's no no understanding her character at all because it goes all over the place. You know, even the the sentimentality of her family backstory and the new stepmom or whatever that she hasn't met. God. Drama. It's like, okay. The, it yeah. was literally just playing Hallmark Channel Christmas bingo, just throwing darts, you know, like <laughs> just trying to hit all the, all right, we got dead mom. We got, uh, you know. If you don't think that's how those fuckers write those scripts, dude, just fucking pulling the balls out. Just, and what do we got? We got, uh. Uh, widowed mm, airline <laughs> pilot mm, mm, with a precocious mm, schnauzer like it's uh, it's yeah <laughs> and, with, and with these and with these kind of movies like these bad movies that they make they usually have at least at least at the very least one character in it like a side character that you can kind of like you know what that wasn't a bad character maybe we could have seen a little bit of more there was no characters was in this be, movie that was no. supposed to be joker that Joker was supposed to be your guy there. Like yeah, the, the first scene where all the army guys are together in the first, or not army, sorry, air force, the, all the air force guys are together. And the first one that talks, they're like, yeah, good one, Joker. I'm like, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? It, it, yeah, no, no, it was it's bad. It was terrible. Yeah. The, 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 everybody in this movie was bad. Like there was nothing good about it at all. I liked the, the Janet Kidder, the wife of the, like the main guy, the, you know the lady. You know the lady, Andrew. Yes, The wife of the base commander, and then like when she took um, Virginia Madsen on the flight. Yes. And then they came off, and Virginia Madsen was like, "That was amazing." I wrote an entire fan fiction of something that happened between them. <laughs> it was incredibly steamy. I am sorry, Chad. You don't have to lower your head in shame. 
Um, but like I was uh, there and I really was excited about that that I wrote in my own head. 100,000% here for Operation Christmas Drop Mile High Club. The yeah. I thought you were Operation drop Christmas page. Drop 2 colon Operation Mile High Club Christmas Drop. No, drop the panties. Panties. Uh, exactly. Oper <laughs> yeah. Operation Dildo Drop. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. Operation Christmas Drop That's 2 Drop Your Panties. panties. <laughs> Operation um, Christmas Trap yeah, 2, drop it like it's hot. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something that, it, that we're talking about the dancing. There was also a lot of embarrassing singing in this movie. Oh, yes. Andrew singing a couple of times. Like, first, when they first show him, like, with his family, so that you're like, oh, he's not with his family. Right. Like, uh, he sings, and it's kind of, like, cringy. <laughs> Oddly okay with that fact. <laughs> There's another, <laughs> another singing part. Where he's, where they're like, oh, sing, like sing, yeah. With the ukulele you're talking about? The what, what? With the ukulele? Oh, God, it... yes, the ukulele yeah. singing part. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> but it's so embarrassing. I want to dig a hole in the sand and just live there instead of being out. <sighs> and even Who do in we that part. Blame for Christmas ukulele, is that still Elvis? Yeah. Okay. I would say so. Uh, and then you also have like in that uh, party scene as well, you had the, the, the woman who, you know, the cadet or whatever, who actually knows how to play like the, the fiddle or whatever on top of so like, her singing, which is so fake and pre-recorded that it was so, so bad. Yeah. It, like none of that. Nothing's good. Nothing's good guys. Hey, I, I'm surprised hey, I made if it. If I learned good. anything from starship troopers is that there's always somebody in the squad who can play the fiddle. It's true. It's a fair point. Although I wish that giant bugs came in and took over this movie instead. Wouldn't that, that have been great as like a third act twist? Where like, or like it becomes like Pacific Rim at the very end and fucking <laughs> yes. dude has to jump yeah. in a fucking Santa themed, like Santa themed giant robot to fight Kaiju in the goddamn water. That would, I would, that would be an amazing fucking movie. Yeah, we already do this in conjunction with two other, you know, semi-aggressive countries with, uh, you know, Australia and Japan or whatever that we have some kind of histories with. Like, hey, man, yeah, just fucking go to town and start doing Pacific Rim between the three nations. That'd be awesome. They all have their own yeah. thing. That'd be great. Yeah. But, oh, man, uh, unless anybody I has any kind of like. Yeah, in the Pacific Rim universe and that these people were all eaten by monsters. That's what yes. I used to believe. That's what I hope. But the monster was on screen the entire time. It, it was, just happened to be the lead characters. Um, I, so, just, I just want the monsters to eat the characters, not the Operation Christmas Drop. Whole for thing. sure. Yeah, keep the spirit. I, I want that to keep going. Pure of heart, you I, prick. I want that to keep going, but I want the bugs to eat all the characters, yes. Yeah. Okay, also, I love the uh, the Christmas miracle aspect of weather just changing faster than they thought. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. Oh, that was so you, terrible. You missed what was it? It wasn't a tornado. It didn't what fucking was it? snow. It was a typhoon. Was it a typhoon or a tsunami? Typhoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no. oh my god, it was so bad. Yeah, I don't give a. What about the no makeover? What? Which it's like. <laughs> oh my god! You just brought that dress with you? Oh my god! Are you crazy? No, I borrowed it. <laughs> Get out of here! I love a makeover scene, but this was like. This was not it. Oh, All right. Okay. Yeah. I was a little bit like swooning, but it was not what I want. I wanted more makeover. -y. Yeah. 
Yeah. I also, uh, how did you feel about them making fake snow out of like coconut shavings? I was like, uh, don't get all that stuff in my hair. (laughs) Like all these people just covered in like just food that's going to rot on them. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't like you that. You clearly have never had a like, coconut. Took us uh, a while. Shampoo. Took us a while to figure that out. We used potatoes last year, and it's like, get out of here. Yeah, all these wasted supplies. You know who would have loved to have them? Yeah, <laughs> live on the <laughs> island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, fucking coconuts and potatoes that people could have eaten, you pricks. Yeah, yeah, but I they. Agree. I agree. They should defund this program. <laughs> They have too many coconuts to know what to do with them. They they said that right off the bat when she gets off the plane. Well, Hope they you, don't, they don't like need coconuts. the Christmas drop then. Well, <laughs> yeah. You clearly put the lime in the coconut and you shake it all up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that was an excellent note to leave off of. Thank you guys uh, for don't all that. Don't fucking end on that joke, please. Yes, I am, you son of a bitch. It's all we got. Because otherwise it's just... It's just going to get real sad otherwise because we keep just going, ah, oh, remember this terrible part? Ah, oh, remember this terrible part? And so I'm just trying to spare my audience in a way that this doesn't turn into an hour and a half where an hour of it is just going like, remember this awful thing? Oh, wait, Travis doesn't because he only watched 28 minutes. But he's going to sit there and try to chime in and giggle anyway. So. Yeah, but he has a lot to say. <laughs> Listen, the amount that I smoked while watching it, I may have watched the whole thing, but, you know. Sure. Well, listen, uh, you know, again, clearly a best of, sorry to Mega who didn't like Jingle Jangle that much, but clearly I think there's a, a good one and a bad one here uh, that people can take that knowledge and do what they will with it. And then look forward to part two, uh, like I said, where we're going to have a bunch of like big high profile uh, studio picks going on. Uh, so, We'll see what we're going to do. Same, same idiots talking about them, of course. But Of know. course. I expect you all back. You know, Hopefully the assignments are better this time or at least somewhat because we don't have – I feel bad. Like, I guess what would this one be? The, for, for Chad to say he hated this more than, like, the night before Christmas or yeah. let it snow from last year. Night, like, night so, before Christmas and let it snow had more going on. They were just yeah. – it, it was it had, yeah. – Chad – Chad needs a little something to hang his hat on. You can't just wave <laughs> yes. a fucking tree. Yeah, into there, the man's there was mouth. there was nothing on this one. There was nothing there. Yeah, you could fast forward to the last ten minutes where they just talk about the program in depth, and you'd be like, "Yep, got it." Nailed yeah, just it. watch the, 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 the like, actual real look pictures, up the yeah. program. Yeah, just just look up the program on Google yeah. and yeah, uh, save yourself. Yeah. yeah, thank you for your service, but I'm not yeah. watching this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for doing this. It's always a pleasure with you guys, and I look forward to part two. Awesome. Later, Gators. Thanks, Andrew. Good times.